It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. First Sunday of the month, and uh, we like to, at the first Sunday of each month, uh, focus on and celebrate what God's doing beyond our four walls using technology. So uh, just to catch you up, if you weren't already aware, we have our online experience. We run that at 10 a.m., so that's happening right now, Facebook and YouTube, and also at 5 p.m., and then it goes on demand, so you can then uh, join in any time after that. So that's exciting. We also have our podcast. Now, our podcast is on all the major uh, platforms. We joined Amazon Music a few months ago, so that's uh, added to our reach. And uh, we like to celebrate new countries that have joined our podcast in the previous month. So in June, we had three new countries join uh, for the first time. One of them is Bolivia. Anybody here from Bolivia? No, not yet. It's fine. Only matter of time. That's in South America, everybody, in case you didn't know that. Uh, also, probably a bit of a tune-up for the World Cup, uh, from Qatar. Michael, there you go. And uh, Michael's hoping to meet them and get free accommodation during the World Cup. Um, and here's one, the Principality of Liechtenstein. How many of you have been to the Principality of Liechtenstein? Have you really? Really? Have you really? I was going to go, my next question, how many have even heard of the Principality of Liechtenstein? But you guys have got, okay, you've had, that's fantastic. Amazing backstory, but we're not here to talk about geography. But anyway, let's welcome the people joining on our podcast. Great to have them with us today as we launch a brand new series. Now, beginning of the month, uh, July also signifies that we are over one month removed from Louisa, my wife's, birthday month. Every year, the entire month of May is co-opted by Louis to have 31 days of endless celebrations, which, by the way, some of you, if you are friends with Louis on social media, would also know that the month of May birthday month, is preceded by the month of April, a month of unashamed social media madness, promoting that the month of May is coming up and her birth month is coming. So anyway, month of May, it's a long month, it really is. Uh, but as you'd expect, one of the festivities that we had, and we had this, have this month, was the Pizzo family dinner. So we get together with the, the immediate Wog family uh, and, uh, yep, and um, have dinner, you know, and have a cake and our nephew gets to blow out the candles and it's all that sort of stuff, even if it's not his birthday. Um, this month, one of the most memorable things about the Pizzo family dinner was that Louis decided that we should spend a reasonably significant portion of that evening uh, looking at one another through the lens of various Snapchat filters. Uh, there are a bunch of very, very funny Snapchat filters. Uh, gentlemen, if you need to know, there's one called Handsome Face, which uh, you just might want to try that one out. There's one called Crying Face. Has anyone done the Crying Face app on filter on Snapchat? All right, if you haven't yet, 
I dare you to, but here's the basic premise, is someone through the filter on Snapchat will film you, and if you laugh, the more you laugh, the more it makes you look like you're crying, which makes you laugh even more. This idea of filters uh, is certainly consistent with the culture that we live in, that we are increasingly focused on the outward appearance. Some of it's very harmless, but the reality is we're increasingly focused on the outward appearance. You know, Zoom, the whole Zoom meeting thing has a function called, which does skin smoothing. It's called, you, you go into Zoom settings and you click on, it's called touch up my appearance. It will smooth out wrinkles. It will smooth out skin blemishes. It will, get this, it will even smooth out some flyaway hairs if that's a thing for you. They haven't yet adapted the technology to turn your sweatpants into a suit on the thing, so your boss will still know that you're flaking off. Um, what about the uh, fake plane challenge? Is anybody, did anybody, is anybody familiar with the fake plane? What? You've been to the Principality of Liechtenstein, but you have During the beginning of the pandemic, when all of the global flying was shut down, Social media started this thing called the fake plane challenge where the idea was that you were to take a photo of yourself to try and convince the whole world that you were flying on a plane. Here's an example. One influencer took this one. Oh, look at her, beginning of the pandemic. No one's fine. Now, that looks like, but let's, let's have a look at reality. Uh, it's a toilet seat and it's taken in front of a television with a video of an airplane wing on it as well. Folks, here's the reality. In 2022, everything is not always as it appears on the surface, right? Some of it's harmless. I don't care. As long as this toilet seat's clean, I don't really care. Um, but, but here's the thing about this increasing focus on the outward appearance. and that we, we actually are increasingly making assumptions about people based on externals. You know, how you look, what you wear, what you drive, what house you live in. And we, we make assumptions on, on those things. And look, not all evil, not all bad. And, and by the way, God's not necessarily against most of that stuff. But here's what's important for us to understand is the externals are not God's number one priority. His number one priority is actually what's going on on the inside. And he would want us to understand that life is lived inside out. Let me show you this. This is a clanger, the writer of the book of Chronicles. This is amazing. Wrote this, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth. Hello. Google before Google. Earth. In order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So, I mean, here's a rhetorical question. Who wouldn't want to be strengthened by the God of the universe? Have your marriage strengthened? Have your relationship with your kids strengthened? Have your career or your business strengthened? Your health strengthened? The list goes on. And in this, God declares, I'm in. I'm in the strengthening business. And I'm in. I am willing and able. And then there, we get a clue as to how we can get in. We get in by ensuring that our hearts are fully committed to Him. 
This is great news because first and foremost, he's not looking for perfection. Because think about this. Perfect people don't need to have their hearts strengthened. They've already arrived. It's only those of us who aren't perfect who know that throughout life we need to have our hearts strengthened. And God says, great. The starting point is to live with your hearts fully, not partially, not mostly, fully committed to Him. Another reminder that our hearts matter. And we talk about heart in you know, society a lot. Typically, we talk about it maybe in sort of health and fitness, you know, heart rate training, tracking your heart rate, getting the smart watch with the heart rate monitor. Maybe you talk about in health and fitness when you have to go and see the doctor and get a heart health assessment, get the whole ECG, EKG thing set up. We understand that. We hear about that. Probably the number one arena that we hear about heart spoken a lot is in music. Wikipedia dares to guess that there are over 100,000 songs with the word heart just in the title. Now, I was not surprised to read that, and I kind of categorized them in some of the following ways. Some of these songs, the, the title and the lyric are songs about the heart. They're songs of tragedy. Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Now, I'm only falling apart. Nothing I can do, total eclipse of the heart. Too bad, too sad, but great lyric. Once upon a time, I was falling apart. Now I'm falling. Wow. Anyway, uh, the, or the songs of elation. Near, far, wherever you are, I know my heart will go on. <laughs> then there's these ones, they're kind of like, they're like a, a, a preemptive strike, setting the ground rules early in the relationship. Don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. Okay, sure, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> but when the biblical authors use the word heart, they weren't referring to those things. They were referring to our total inner self. They used the word heart, but they were referring to our, our thoughts and our emotions and our motives. And these are the things that God wants to strengthen. These are the things that God's interested in. These are the things because God understands that life is lived inside out. And if He can first strengthen the heart, then that will invariably overflow into every area of our lives. So we're launching this series, we called it King of Hearts, and it's actually inspired by somebody who, get this, whose life was summarized this way. They were described as a person after God's own heart. Imagine having that written on your tombstone. Marco, a person after, I'm not sure it's gonna happen, but I'm just saying, there's an asp a person after God's own heart. There's an aspirational aspect to that, that, that our epicenter of our life is God in everything we do. Now, this man's name is David. And we're gonna spend a few weeks just zooming in on David's life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're not doing it just to learn history. 
to learn information so you can beat your geeky Christian friends at Bible trivial pursuit. No, we're, 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 gonna, we're going to look at this individual's life for both inspiration and also for things that we can take away for application because that's where the real transformation happens. All right. Ultimately, so we might be closer to being described as a person after God's own heart. Now, this is the part of the message where I normally say, if you've got your Bible app, open your Bible app. I don't want you to open your Bible app. I want you to grab your smartphone and I want to open your camera app. If you've got an iPhone, you just swipe the top right corner. There's a pro tip right there. Here's, here's a screen. We're going to put on the screen the QR code. Now, if you trust me enough, let's, what, what's everyone owing and umming about? This is not the COVID safe check-in thing. Listen to me. Scan it. If you trust me, scan it. If you don't trust me and I can see some of you like, that guy's not getting my smartphone camera. <laughs> Fine, no problem. It's not, it's not, that won't cost you anything. This week, just this week, the, the creators, the amazing creators of the Bible app added a church, a your church feature. So if you scan this QR code, you don't have to, I'm not going to flush you out if you don't. Uh, it will take you to Elevate Church's profile. And what that's going to allow, there's only, it's only just begun to roll out, so there's only a couple of features at this stage. I'm sure they'll play around with it more in the weeks and months to come. But it actually allow us to interact with each other during the week. Some of us already do that. We're actually friends in the Bible app. So you see someone read something, and you go, you know, well done. They finished a plan. Or maybe someone's highlighted a verse, and you're like, oh, that's great. And you give them a, a thumbs up in there as well. So I, lo I love that aspect of it. Um, the second thing, and maybe... The second thing that they're allowing to do in the church app or the church aspect of the Bible app is we can put in featured plans. So this series is probably gonna run four weeks and we've got a featured plan in there already around David, five, five day plan. And next week we'll drop a different plan and different plan and different plan. So it's just another way for us to just really uh, better ensure that we're engaging with God's Word during the week. So there's that, all right? At the end of our live experience, media team, leader Gavin, we'll just put this up on the screen. If I've gained your trust by then, you can come and scan it. If not, just take your coffee and go. It's fine. Um, all right. Now that you've got your Bible apps open, how about you take that to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel Chapter 16. Before I drop us into that, let me give you the backstory. The backstory is the guy named Saul was the first king of Israel. God said he didn't want them to have kings, as humans do. They sometimes don't listen to God and do their own thing. So they kind of create this thing called a king and Saul. And Saul looked the part. Saul was tall, dark, and handsome. He looked like a king. He walked like a king. He talked like a king. The problem was that the longer that Saul was a king, the more he stopped listening to God and the more he started doing things his own way. And you don't need to be a student of history to probably guess that over time things got unhinged and they did. To the point where God removed his hand of blessing from Saul and said, as far as I'm concerned, he may still have the crown, but he doesn't have my blessing. And there was one of God's spokespersons, a prophet named Samuel, who got kind of the vibe that, that God was doing this, removing his hand of blessing from the king. And, and he was concerned not for the king, he was concerned for all of Israel if the king wasn't ruling with God's hand of blessing. 
And God knew that and God spoke to Samuel and said, all right, I've got this. I've got it. I've got the successor already lined up. In his, and, and I'm going to use you to play a part in the, the successor getting the gig. I want you to go to a man named Jesse's house. And one of his sons is going to become the next king of Israel. So Samuel makes his way to Jesse's house. Jesse had at least eight sons. Jesse was insane. All right, just saying. All right, but at the time, that was also considered free labor for, for your farm. Uh, Jesse gathered, when Samuel arrived, Jesse gathered together his seven eldest sons, and he put them in a lineup, like a police lineup, but it wasn't, in uh, age order from oldest to youngest. And Samuel looked at them, and one by one, Samuel called them out, called the first one out, looked like a king, tall, dark, Handsome, eldest of the boys, probably that's the one. God said, nope, not him. Oh, that's surprising. All right, goes to the second one. Come forward, steps forward. God says, nope, not him. Number three, not him. Not four, not five, not six, not seven. End of the line. Samuel turns to Jesse, says, "Uh, got any others? Jesse says, yeah, there's one, but he's out tending the sheep which translation is he's not very impressive. So much so we didn't even bother to bring him in for the lineup. We already assumed this about him. Samuel said, no, go get him. They went and got him, brought him in. Wasn't even clear whether uh, David knew what he was being brought in for. But, But here's the thing, before Samuel turned his attention to David, God spoke something to Samuel about what had just happened and said this, First Samuel chapter 16, verse seven, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so enter into history, recorded history, a teenage boy named David, probably in his mid to late teens at the time. And God says, yep, that's the one. I want you to lay your hands on him. I want you to pray for him. I want you to pour oil over his head and anoint him as the next king of Israel. And so that's exactly what Samuel did. Wasted a very good jar of homemade extra virgin olive oil. Frivolous. And it's recorded that the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. So understand this. At this point in history, David has now been anointed as king, right? But not yet formally appointed as king. But there was certainly a sense within David, within Samuel, within Jesse, within his seven slightly ticked off elder brothers, that that that's that this has just happened. And, and David did not then turn to his dad and say, fetch me the crown. Did not then turn to his brothers and said, bring me the chariot. In fact, David turned around and went back looking after the sheep. It's like when God's timing is right, it's gonna happen. 
in the meantime, I'm just going to do what I've been called to do. Now, remember, David's been described at the end of his life as a man after God's own heart. And, and there's a f- quite a few things that he did in his life that you'd think, yeah, that sounds right. Like, uh, he had the courage to confront a bully named Goliath and ultimately take him down on behalf of the nation of Israel. When no other qualified professional soldier was even willing to take him on. So we know about that. Uh, he wrote songs which we now have access to today. They're called the Psalms. They're right in the middle of the whole Bible. And we're still inspired by, we don't know what the, the songs were, but we know what the words are. And we're still inspired by them thousands of years later. Well, they were written, most of them by David. He sacrificed again and again. In fact, he understood the word sacrifice when he declared, I will not offer God, my God, a sacrifice that costs me nothing. It's like, it almost seems like you don't need to say that because a sacrifice is meant to cost you something. But sometimes we convince ourselves that we're sacrificing, but really we're not. We're giving like leftovers. But he said, no, I will never offer my God a sacrifice that will cost me nothing. And you're like, man, no wonder this guy was described as a person after God's own heart. Yeah, okay, sure. Uh, that's the A side. Let's flip it over and look at the B side. Uh, when he became king, God explicitly said to him, Despite the the practices of the day, I don't want you, David, to take multiple wives. And some of you husbands are like, yeah, I get it, man. I can barely keep up with the one I got. I look, I, me too. But but in but in the day, this was considered normal. So so God explicitly said, I don't want you to take multiple wives. Well, David said, no, I'm going to take multiple wives. He took multiple wives. Plus, threw in a few bonus concubines. Uh, you know, friends with benefits. Uh, okay, great. And as if that wasn't enough, which I can't believe it wasn't, but it wasn't, he slept with his next door neighbor, a married woman. And of course, got her pregnant. Right. Okay, good. Man after God's own heart, huh? Sounds like a man after something else. What I'm reading. Uh, the husband of the neighbor, so the neighbor, but the husband version of the neighbor. Obviously, he discovered his wife was pregnant and had gotten pregnant because of David, the neighbor. David discovered that he was in the army and sent him off to the front lines so that he would invariably get killed on the front lines of battle. So David effectively was a conspirator to murder, which is what happened to the neighbor's husband. And the list goes on. Uh, God ultimately forgave David for these sorts of stupid decisions and actions. Um, but, but what we discover is there's a difference between God's forgiveness and us experiencing the consequences. You, you know, this is the thing about what we call sin, which is what David was doing in these things. This is the thing that we need to understand about sin. It's not a bunch of rules that God kind of puts out to make us miserable. It's actually a bunch of like very good instructions to, in many cases, prevent us from the consequences that invariably come from doing dumb stuff. (laughs) David, in fact, lost the kingdom at one point in his life. Now he got it back, but he got it back with none of the momentum that he had early on in his rule as the king. 
So how in the world does someone like that get referred to as a man after God's own heart? And here's the difference. The key difference between Saul and David is that David, when he messed up, he time and again would go back to God and say, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And, and can we get this thing back on the rails? Saul never did that. He just kept going further and further down the path of his own life. <laughs> David wasn't perfect. And, and this imperfect man who made a bunch of imperfect decisions gets described as a person after to God's own heart. Now, when, when we read and look at David through the lens of 2022, we, we can easily ask the question, well, how come God didn't cancel him? Because that's what we do, right? You mess up, canceled. <laughs> but, but if we understand the nature and the character of the God of the universe, that he's a God of endless love and mercy, is that when David came to him to ask forgiveness, every single time God extended his unfailing love and mercy to David. And, and the reason I highlight that is I hope that's encouraging to you. Because even if the person next to you doesn't know the dumb stuff you've done, you do, and God does. And if you were to go to God and say, God, oh, I did it again. I'm an idiot. Britney Spears. Oops, oops, I did it again. Yeah, you did. Please forgive me. Can you help get this thing back on the rails? That, that, that God doesn't go, ah, cancelled. He says, yeah, we can, we can do that. There's a few, let me just take a slightly deeper dive, stark contrasts between Saul and David, which we can learn from today. First of all, and, th and these really come out of their respective understandings of who God is. Saul was very focused on his performance because he saw God as someone that needed to, you need to gain his approval. You need to gain his acceptance. You need to gain his love. And you do that by trying to be high performing. Whereas David understood God's a God of grace and mercy. And we do what God asks us to do in response to his love and his grace and his mercy, not to earn it. And he was willing to glorify God because God's a God of love and mercy. Saul was about pleasing people. He's the one that had the filters on his Instagram posts. He's the ones that had the social media team making sure everything was edited and sliced and diced. Whereas David was just all about, look, I'm gonna literally live the best I can in front of God and I'm not gonna be perfect. And when I'm not, I'm gonna come back to, for forgiveness. But ultimately my heart is that I wanna please God. And then finally, Saul, because of who he thought God was, he led and operated and lived out of fear, which ultimately proved to be correct because the very things that he was trying to protect, which God didn't want him to protect, he lost because he was doing in his own strength. Whereas David was like, look, I, I know I'm not perfect and I'm gonna need to and I will lean on God during this time. All right, record landing. No, I haven't finished yet, as I'm saying. I'm sorry, I, I'm telling myself, make it a record landing. Sorry, I, met, I'm, I, I buried the lead on that particular statement. Bit of self-talk there. That I, Did I say that out loud? Uh, yeah, of course I did. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna show you, just because the heart matters, 
I just want to show you a few examples of heart training, right? What we can do and how we can position ourselves to train our hearts for, for the more that God has for us in our future, okay? Now, I just need to let you know, these aren't very glamorous, okay? You, what I'm about to show you, you will not find in the brochure for the how to be a person after God's own heart conference, okay? They're not gonna put these in the brochure because nobody would pay money to go and sit and listen to what I'm about to show you, but I'm about to show you anyway because you pay money. All right, here we go. Uh, and I'm taking them from this, this book. Now, this is uh, the first of a series of books called Great Lives from God's Word. You can't read that to the top. This is the first of a series of what became, I don't know, it's 20, 30 books. Esther, Moses, even one of Jesus. Jesus got a mention in one of them. Um, and uh, and this, um, this one, David, A Man of Passion and Destiny. So I highly recommend this book. This is, you know, I read it many years ago. I got it down off the bookshelf for this series. Um, little pro tip, uh, if you search for this on Amazon, um, at the moment you can do a free, I'm not paid by Amazon. This is not a shameless product placement. Uh, you can do a free trial of Audible, which is their audio version, and get this book for free. So you can actually, if you're lazy, you can have someone read it to you for free. So there you go. Before I show you, I'm just going to show you three things really quickly. Before I do, I want to couch them in a, in, a, in, a, in a principle that it's vital we understand about God. And it's something that God spoke through the prophet Zechariah. And this is what he said. Some of you know this. I'm going to double click on it anyway. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. This is critical because often... When we see things that are significant, we don't get the backstory. We don't know that they started in someone's garage. We don't know the battles and the struggles and the financial sacrifices. And we don't know that someone moved into their parents' basement to launch their business. And we don't, we don't see, God sees that. And he, always, he says, look, don't despise. Because we, we, we look at, you know, what God's given us. And I paraphrase this. I'm going to do it again. I haven't dropped this joke for a few years which means some of you haven't heard it. But I like to paraphrase Louise's girl crush, J-Lo. So we sometimes look at what's in our hand and we underestimate it. We think we have a little, but we have a lot. I'm just Marco from the block. Anyway, wow, tough crowd. I, I, know, I know, it would have been better with the moves. Sorry, these hips are lying this morning. If it was Shakira, I would have done it because, you know, those hips don't lie. We all know that. All right, really quickly, real quick flyover. Here's, here's some of the things that David did to train his heart before he took the crown. Understand, he was anointed but not yet appointed. This is where, where we found him. First of all, in solitude. Yeah, really got your attention now, haven't I? We live in a culture where it's all noise all the time, where there's an expectation of us to be always on. You know the three little ellipses that come up when, when, when you text a friend and, and they go, they're texting you back or Facebook messaging you back and then you're saying, yeah, come on, get on with it. It's been 27 seconds already. Give me the reply. It's just on, 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 on. Apple, by the way, on their devices have a, a, a feature called focus where you can sort of, it's like 
Yeah, it, it's, we, would, we would just call it rack-off mode. And uh, they're about to advance it. It's a reasonably new thing. It's like a sort of do not disturb on your phone. They're about to advance it with a new software release in a couple of months where they've even got different modes. They've got gardening mode. You can ask Siri to switch your phone to gardening mode and your phone knows that I'm gardening, don't bother me. Your friends will get a res- an auto response. At the moment they get one if you're driving, they'll only get one that says, I'm gardening, rack off. How good is that? But when did we come to need that? Well, now. David, he was in solitude developing his heart. And the thing that we miss if we don't embrace times and seasons of solitude is the opportunity to develop a depth of relationship with God. If God's just one of the competing voices, we won't go deeper because we'll just see God, yep, 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 yep. And he's just in the mix. Secondly, obscurity. I know, I, to, I told you, this is not glamour, obscurity. David, when he went back out after being anointed as king, back out of the shed, he was about as far away from an influencer <laughs> as you can get. Kardashians down here, David down here. Literally, the only followers he had were actually sheep. <laughs> oh, all your followers are like sheep. Yes, actual sheep. One of the biggest mistakes that we can make if we're in a season of obscurity, and that can look different. You know, we just moved into a new city or a new state and and nobody knows us and we don't know anyone. Feels like you're in a place of obscurity. A new job feels like you're in a place of obscurity. You know, maybe a relationship's just ended and and with with that, some of your friendship circle and some of your relational circle has, has kind of left the building as well. And and we can think that, well, what does it matter what I do now? Nobody's paying attention. And, and we can miss that actually in seasons of obscurity, this is like one of the best times to develop our hearts because we don't have the external pressure of eyeballs assessing us and assessing our progress. It's more about us pleasing God and allowing Him to develop our character. This is exactly what David did. He didn't say, when I get the crown, I'm going to start the training. He's like, I'm, I'm doing the training so that I'm going to be prepared when I actually get the crown. And, and finally, monotony. You know, if I hadn't lost you already, I certainly did with that one. My physio, who I thankfully haven't had to visit for a, a little while, so uh, let's keep that on a roll. Um, when he graduated from physio school, he got a gig at the Australian Institute of Sport. That's what it's called. Uh, he got a, a gig at the Australian Institute of Sport. Now, Institute of Sport is where a lot of the um, elite Olympic sport athletes, either in the development phase or sometimes in the actual com- competition phase, go over in Canberra. So he got a gig there, pretty good gig, uh, to learn amongst the elites and so on. One of his um, subjects, I know that's not also the right word, uh, was a guy named Ian Thorpe. Anyone heard of him? Yeah, yeah. all right, good. The Thorpedo. And... Uh, now, so Damien, my physio, he, he's been able to tell me a bit of the time interacting as the physio for Ian Thorpe. That Ian Thorpe, along with you know, all the other elite swimmers, 
would train three swim sessions a day. 5.30 a.m., midday, and 4.30 p.m. Each session, six to seven kilometers, staring at a black line, unless you got to do backstroke, in which case you're staring at a bunch of lights on the ceiling. Six days a week, plus in addition to that, strength training in between. Told when to go to bed, told when to get up, told what to eat, told what not to eat. In obscurity, sometimes in solitude, and monotony. <laughs> it was so exhausting. So my physio, Damien, uh, says like he would sometimes be giving Thorpe a massage, like maybe between one of the swim sessions, and, and he'd start giving him this one. The elbow, then when it had the elbow at the hands of a very sadistic physio. Yeah, you, you, are, you are three foot in the air and splattered on the ground. You jump off that plinth so fast, it's like you weren't even there. And Thorpey would fall asleep during that. So exhausted. And yet I say, Ian Thorpe, the Thorpedo, Thorpey, and you go, oh yeah, I know him. We wouldn't know him if he hadn't, he, a modern day example of what it's like to do the training in solitude, obscurity, and monotony. And this is true of David, and, and there's an opportunity for that to be true of us as well. So, next week, we're going to take another deeper dive into the life of David. I think we're going to talk about David and his worshipful heart. I think. Be here and we're all going to find out at the same time. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.